And greetings, everyone. This is Terry Naturally with another edition of Terry Talks Nutrition. We're here every weekend, same time, same station. So I'm happy that you can join us. And I hope that you share, if you feel that it's worthy of it, that you share this program with your friends, families, and whoever that they too may understand why it's our responsibility to be healthier. It's up to you and I. No one else can change our health. It's all based on our environment and the choices we make. That's something that I think no one has ever thought about. We sometimes don't even think about where illnesses come from or sickness comes from. We have learned a lot from COVID that we can get sick and never recover or partially recover and maybe even die from viral infection or it could be bacterial infection or fungal infection. But why are we sick with cardiovascular disease, heart attacks, strokes, type 2 diabetes, arthritis, both osteo and rheumatoid? We have many conditions that we suffer from daily, and we never stop to think, where, why am I sick? What made me sick? What made the conditions of arthritis? Why do my joints ache? Why do I have inflammation? And it all boils down to a few choices. Eating too many carbohydrates, eating sugar, consuming vegetable oils, and many of these foods, well, we do know the carbohydrates, like bread, pasta. But where does the sugar come from? Well, manufacturers love to use sugar to spike their foods. It's addictive. It tastes good. You more than likely will buy it again if it tastes good. If it's convenient to, to prepare and the cost is right, you can just about make anything and it will sell. <clears throat> Excuse me, it will sell. So we need to take a look at what we're going through in terms of causing our diseases. The doctor can give you a drug for it, but that doesn't make you healthy. Makes you more livable. Doesn't give you a quality of life. And sometimes drugs are necessary because they're life-saving. So think about choices you should make to be healthier. So we'll bring up some topics today. And one of our featured topics is pain, but at nighttime. Is it different than daytime pain? 
And now depression, the rate of depression is skyrocketing. They're hitting new highs never before achieved. And that's not much of an achievement because depression no one wants to live with. Then let's talk about how much vitamin D should kids take. And then we'll talk about the benefits of strong leg muscles. And we'll also talk about how to keep your liver healthy. And we also will talk about a diet and how it links to your memory. Well, we have a lot more available to talk about today, but usually we don't get through all of it. We can prepare a lot of information, but in order to really understand it, it takes time. So let's talk about our featured topic of the day, nighttime pain. And really, pain and sleep often go together. Or I should say the problems of pain and sleep often go together. Two-thirds of people with chronic pain also then have problems sleeping. Not easy to sleep when you have pain. When the pain you have wakes you up and you shift your body to another position, you are constantly going through feeling the chronic pain, shifting your body, rolling over, tossing and turning, you're not going to get a very good night's sleep. And here are some reasons why pain can be more intense at nighttime. And these reasons include production of the anti-inflammatory hormones, including cortisol, drop at night. It's reduced at night. You don't have as many anti-inflammatory hormones working as well at nighttime. They're more active during the day. So we can have more trouble at night with pain. And maybe your body goes to sleep. Not you, but your body. Maybe your hands go to sleep. Maybe your arms go to sleep. And then you shift and you've got pain. And then also pain can follow the circadian rhythm. In fact, in an experimental study, subjects experience pain from a heat-inducing machine. The heat caused pain. More intensely at 4 a.m. And there are also fewer distractions at night to take your mind off your pain. It's more constant. During the day, you're more active. 
Your mind is distracted by traffic, by kids, by what you have to do that day for your family. Or maybe you're on the job and you have to think of some solutions. Thinking gets your mind off the pain. Temporarily. And at night, there is nothing there to distract you. And when you're resting and not moving, joint linings and cartilage can be congested with excess fluid, causing additional swelling and then more chronic pain. And if you have pain at night, don't do this. Nighttime pain relievers frequently contain Benadryl, which is a, which is a brand name, Benadryl. And this is an anti-collagenic drug that is used to stop allergy reactions. But because, this is crazy, but because it causes sleeplessness, it is also included in nighttime pain formulas. Now the problem with this, sleepness is not the only adverse effect of these anti-collagenic drugs like Benadryl. In men with prostate problems, a prostate disorder, these anti-collagenic drugs can cause urinary retention, therefore problems fully emptying the bladder. And when you use both Benadryl or Tylenol or both of them, they contain the same anticholinergic drug and they regularly increase the risk of dementia by 54%. Drugs are not safe by any stretch of the imagination. None of them. More damaging with some than others, but they all have side effects. So as much as you can possibly stay off drugs, you're going to help improve your health overall. Now, I'm not saying you go off your drugs. That's between you and your doctor. But it's a fact that if you don't need drugs, you're going to be healthier. If you can manage without the drug, maybe you can find a natural alternative to pain and inflammation. You can find ways to take the place of the drug almost in every situation and then you prevent any side effects. So these, um, you know, 
I'm calling out these drugs because they are so bad. Tylenol, the number one cause of liver failure in the U.S., more liver transplants due to the fact of using Tylenol, not excessively, even at the dosage that's recommended on the label of Tylenol, can and will cause liver failure, liver transplants, liver cancer. And we so indiscriminately use Tylenol and Benadryl. You can buy these over the counter. So that kind of sends you a message that they must be really safe because you don't need a prescription. Strong drugs need a prescription because they have to be monitored by your physician. But since Tylenol doesn't, in fact, I think they should be all on prescription. I'm sorry, I know the price will go up. But a lot less people will use them. Because if you feel comfortable and confident that Tylenol and Benadryl are safe, or they don't do such harm that they could be lethal, but they cause tremendous amount of damage. Of all the NSAIDs, 60,000 people die annually. From Tylenol, 16,000 people die annually. From the recommended dosage. Not because they took half a bottle, just from the recommended dosage on the label. 16,000 people die. Not a lot of people, compared to the amount of people that are taking Tylenol, but nevertheless, you could be one of them. And then, it increases the risk of dementia by 54%. We didn't have these kinds of conditions and diseases 50, 60 years ago. Because we were not using the amount of drugs we are using today. Now here's a safe way to stop pain at night. A natural pain relief formula would be a combination of curcumin, boswellia, DLPA, and P5P along with melatonin. Why do these work? Well, curcumin and boswellia have been shown in multiple clinical studies to reduce pain, especially of the knee and joint pain, headache pain, neuropathy, and much, much more. There have been over 20,000 studies on curcumin. There have been 28,000 studies done on melatonin. We're talking about well-researched, scientifically studied ingredients. But you have to make sure when you buy, because here is, here's the problem. Because there are a lot of companies that don't really care 
of the quality that they manufacture. They just care about the price. And they want to get the price as low as possible to include a bigger population of people that can afford it. But you want good, high quality, effective products. Or they don't work. So even if you pay less and you save money on a cheap product and it doesn't work, you're still wasting all your money. Melatonin, like curcumin, has been studied extensively. And in a recent clinical study, using 63 adult women with fibromyalgia, melatonin reduced pain more effectively than standard drug treatment. So on a pain rating scale, the drug that was used to relieve pain and only the drug was used. The drug alone reduced pain by 12 points. And melatonin alone, without any other ingredient, reduced pain by 17 points. Much more than the drug. And the combination of the drug and melatonin reduced pain scores by 19 points. Now you have a combination of curcumin, boswellia, melatonin, and P5P. P5P is an abbreviation for a very well-absorbed Vitamin B6. Vitamin B6 is not easily absorbable, even though it's water-soluble. So they made a very highly absorbed, fat-soluble B6. In a clinical study shown to relieve nerve pain and used to treat carpal tunnel syndrome, it reduced the pain. It strengthened the area, reduced weakness and numbness and nighttime awakenings due to pain, numbness in adults with carpal tunnel syndrome. DLPA, a compound that affects the brain, increases endorphins, which are the happy hormones, and they are the body's own natural painkillers. They're produced by the brain. Endorphins. Now, this combination in total is, is curcumin, boswellia, melatonin, P5P and DLPA 
This is a formulation I would suggest that you use it 30 minutes before bedtime to reduce the pain at nighttime. Also, pain, because of its constant pressure, constant irritation, and you just feel that you're not getting anywhere. So, depression can set in. And right now, rates are hitting new highs for depression. Americans now are feeling more depressed than ever. A new poll or a survey of over 5,000 Americans find the highest level ever reported for the rates for depression. 29% of respondents to the survey reported they had been diagnosed with depression at least once in their lifetime. And up to 10% over the same survey a year ago. This survey also found that the rate of women reporting they have been diagnosed with depression at least once has risen at nearly twice the rate of men since 2017. Now what can we do for depression? Naturally. Oh, there are drugs out there. Most of those drugs have no effectiveness whatsoever. They absolutely do not work. Even just thinking about curcumin. Several studies on curcumin head-to-head against Prozac, found that curcumin was just as effective as Prozac and with all the other additional benefits of no side effects, where you have lots of side effects with Prozac. And here are three botanical medicines that can help with depression and mood. Saffron, one of the most expensive, it is the most expensive spice in the world. It takes, I think it's 10,000 flowers to make an ounce. And in clinical trials, was more effective than prescription medication at reducing the symptoms of depression. And then, you could top that off with, or individually use, red ginseng. Red ginseng has been used for thousands of years. It's one of the oldest adaptogens in the world. And it's far more effective than white ginseng, which is what is commonly sold, and what is commonly grown or commonly wildcrafted. 
Ginseng typically is white. All ginseng is white. So the red ginseng is produced by taking the white ginseng and steaming it or cooking it. And this has been a traditional method for hundreds of years. It was found by cooking it, it increased the absorption by up to 17 times. And it increased the really high quality key compounds of ginseng, which are known as ginsenocytes. These very powerful ginsenocytes that can alleviate anxiety and depression caused by an overwhelming sensation of stress. People get very depressed when they are under pressure, under stress. And red ginseng can alleviate that better than white ginseng. In white ginseng, there are jacinocytes called the classic jacinocytes. In the red ginseng, they are called the rare and noble. Far more effective, far more powerful, far better, better strength. From the white ginseng, they will take the classic jacinocytes and possibly convert to the rare noble. But in the red ginseng, it happens by the cooking process. Then we also have Echinacea angustifolia, which has been shown in clinical studies to quickly reduce anxiety, stress levels, safe for kids. Now how can that be? Why Echinacea angustifolia? I think of I know many people listening to this program right now know what echinacea is. And I'm sure many have used echinacea. And I don't want to go any further with this explanation because I see on the clock we are winding down to the bottom of the hour. And that's the time to pause for commercials, and for the station to identify itself. So when we come back, please don't go anyway, away. I have to pause, but I'm not going away. I'm going to be here. I'm coming back. I have a lot of good information to share with you today. I'll explain to you why Echinacea can lower anxiety. Right after this, right here on Terry Talks Nutrition. And welcome back, my friends. This is Terry Naturally, with another half hour, or till the top of the hour, I should say, of Terry Talks Nutrition. We're talking about health and nutrition. We're talking about, well, first of all, we talked about how to reduce nighttime pain, much, much different than daytime pain. And if you missed it, you know you can always go back into my website, terrytalksnutrition.com, and you can bring up any radio show you like and listen when you would like. 
at your convenience. You can also listen live anywhere around the world. So if you have family and friends, relatives outside of the listening area, they can also listen live via their computer by just adjusting their times to be on the same time we are here in the Central Standard Time in the USA. You can also subscribe to my newsletter. We send out a new newsletter every Friday. You'll learn more information from my newsletter. And then going to the website, there's all kinds of good information in my website. Now, before the break, we talked about how to reduce depression. We talked about saffron, the most expensive spice in the world. We talked about red ginseng. Both are highly effective. And then we talked about echinacea and gustifolia. And have been shown in clinical studies to quickly reduce anxiety and stress levels and even safe for kids over the age of four. I'm sure you all know that echinacea and gustifolia is an American herb. It was used by the American Indians as a remedy for cold and flu. And studies in Switzerland have proven that echinacea is as effective as Tamiflu for colon flu. Very effective. Well, then why does it work on anxiety? Good question. Echinacea, when it's used for colon flu, is standardized for very key compounds in echinacea called echinacocytes and the polysaccharides, sugar molecules. This is not sugar, sugar. These are sugar molecules, different. That's what lowers the risk of colon flu and treat more effectively colon flu. So echinacea and gustifolia is very effective for colon flu. But in all natural compounds, all natural herbs, there are hundreds if not thousands of molecules that have an effect on our health. All simultaneously, all on different pathways of the body. And there are a group of compounds in echinacea and gustifolia that are called alkamides, not polysaccharides, alkamides. And the alkamides work on the cannabinoid system of the brain, lowering depression, lowering anxiety. Now these alkamides are only found in one form of echinacea. And it has taken 10 years of research to discover these alchemides and where, what type 
of plant and how it's grown. There's a tremendous amount of research that goes in echinacea to lower anxiety and depression. But also, don't forget about omega-3. Omega-3 fatty acids primarily are found in fish. Salmon. All the cold water fish. Also may be found in flaxseed and walnut. It has a higher intake of EPA and DHA, omega-3 fatty acids, so it can significantly reduce the risk of depression. Which one would you want to start with? Good question. If I had pure anxiety, I was anxious about everything. I was stressed out. I was nervous. I couldn't sleep well. I would choose the Echinacea angustifolia that is standardized for the alchemites. For depression, either saffron or red ginseng. And what I would do with the saffron, I would combine it with curcumin. Curcumin and saffron, both effectively studied to lower depression and to be as effective as Prozac, but with the wonderful effects of no side effects. Where Prozac, we know there's very serious, serious side effects. Can you use them together? Of course. You can use red ginseng, you can use curcumin, you can use saffron, all together. Or you could try one or the other. Now what about kids? You know, we give kids vitamins and minerals. But there's very, very little research on how much we need to be healthy. But from some research that has been out recently, it shows that we should decrease our vitamin intake, our mineral, uh, mineral intake, much, much more than previously because we are living now in a more polluted world than ever before. 50, 60 years ago, the food was much healthier they didn't eat as much sugar. They did not eat as much junk food. There were not a lot of fast food restaurants. We have created monsters in this world of the food manufacturing companies. And they all manufacture anything that tastes good, but not nutritious. So now we have to explore how much vitamins and minerals we need, probably about four, five, six times more than it was 50 years ago. A small daily vitamin doesn't even cut the mustard. And how much vitamin D for kids especially? 
and why? Well, vitamin D is really important for kids' mental health. New studies have reported that kids with high intakes of vitamin D, D like in dog, D3, in early childhood had significantly reduced risk of mental health issues during their school years. Two groups of children began taking either 400 IUs of vitamin D or 1,200 IUs of vitamin D from ages two weeks. Two weeks. Vitamin D is important from day one. But they gave this dosage to infants two weeks old and took to two years. And when the researchers followed up with the children at age seven, so like five years later, the kids who had been given the lower dosage, the lower dosage of vitamin D, were almost twice as likely, at seven years of age, they were more likely to be experiencing mental health problems like depression like a bad mood, anxiety, and withdrawal behavior. Previous studies have reported that children born to mothers and with mothers having a low vitamin D intake during pregnancy are more likely to experience mental health issues. Now what this does, this study, I think, reinforces how important vitamin D is for the development of the human brain. Vitamin D, poo, I think that it does everything. It's one of the most curative factors in COVID-19. Kept us strong, kept people from dying. Vitamin D3. I would encourage everyone to take additional levels of vitamin D3. So let's talk a little bit more about strong leg muscles. And more research on why leg muscles or muscle strength is important. First of all, building up your muscles has benefits for your heart, including leading to better outcomes after a heart attack. And remember, your heart is a muscle. When we strengthen our muscles, we strengthen our heart. Researchers analyzed the strength of the quadricep muscles, the front of your thigh. In almost a thousand adults who had been hospitalized for a heart attack, 
Now the quadricep, most people refer them to your quads. So if you hear quad strength, quad muscles, that's the muscle, the front of your leg. When you put your legs out straight and you squeeze them, like you're trying to lift something with your legs when you're sitting in a chair and you put your legs out straight and you squeeze your legs, you're squeezing your quads. Now, these are the front of your thighs. And this, the strength of the quad muscles were measured in almost a thousand adults who had been hospitalized, hospitalized for a heart attack. So the results of this survey, the risk of another heart attack or a subsequent heart failure was almost, well actually was more than twice as likely for people with low muscle strength versus people with high muscle strength. I want to encourage you to strengthen all of your muscles. We, we, we strengthen our muscles, we strengthen our heart, we have stronger, denser bones, we live longer. Someone who has a very weak grip has increased the risk of dying earlier. You want to have a strong handshake. You want strong muscles throughout your body. It'll, it'll help you to live a longer, healthier life. In, in a previously published study, any kind of resistance, I'm not big in cardio. I think we could spend our time on what I would say is resistant training or otherwise muscle strengthening. Now, that doesn't mean you have to be a bodybuilder. That means you just want to have good muscle tone. So that when you're sitting in a chair, you can get out by yourself. You don't have to have somebody help you out of your chair. Muscle strengthening. You will walk better, a better posture, less fatigue when you're walking. All this from resistant training. And it was also associated with 21% reduction in the risk of death from heart disease. So very simple exercises to build muscles would include squats, Kettlebells, especially the kettlebell swing, push-ups. There's reasons just to work on your body strength. Now here, if you've listened to me in the past, you know that I have well, I should say, I'm, I was going to say I'm addicted to it. Well, maybe I am addicted to 
olive oil, but I'm a big fan of extra virgin olive oil. It is one of the most curative natural foods of all foods. Dr. Mary, Dr. Mary Flynn, associate professor at Boston University, has studied olive oil for 30 years. She is an expert. When you study something for 30 years, you're pretty much an expert. She is an expert. And she says there is no food in the world as effective as olive oil for preventing, treating, and reversing all forms of disease. Now that's a pretty big statement. And if you look at the Mediterranean countries, they live longer, in better health, in better shape, more fit. They have less cancer, less heart disease, less all diseases. But they consume a very high quantity of extra virgin olive oil. They average not sprinkling on food because half that amount of food, uh, amount of olive oil you're sprinkling on salads or food, you don't get. It ends up in the bowl or it ends up on the plate. They actually drink it. And the average drink is about a quarter of a cup a day. So try to get more olive oil. I heard one scientist, and I hate to say this, because it kind of it kind of doesn't make the emphasis on good food and good health. But the scientist said after he studied olive oil that by consuming a quarter of a cup or more of olive oil a day, it would make up for a bad diet. That's a pretty wild statement too. But think of what you would have then with a very good, healthy diet of good quality protein, fruits, vegetables, and olive oil. And toss in some wine. That would be a very healthy diet, which typically matches what's done in the Mediterranean countries. So now we came up with a new study. I did not come up with it. I just found it. Now, extra virgin olive oil is a omega-9. We know omega-3 is fish oil, right? We know omega-6 are all the vegetable oils, which are pro-inflammatory. And when we say pro, that means it makes inflammation. We don't want inflammation. But these vegetable oils, like peanut oil, grapeseed oil, corn oil, soybean oil, all these vegetable so-called oils are omega-6. And we're getting way too much omega-6 fatty acids in the diet today. Omega-3 is fish and walnut and flax. Omega-9 is olive oil, macadamia nut oil, pecan oil, avocado oil. 
Now, olive oil has the greatest impact on our health than the, than the other oils I just mentioned, even though they're all the same oil, omega-9. So what makes olive oil so special? Because macadamia nut oil doesn't do what olive oil does. Pecan oil doesn't do what olive oil does. So what makes olive oil so special? Because it's very high, or should be, or could be, very high in polyphenols. Polyphenols is a group of compounds, primarily bioflavonoids, that have, has the greatest impact on our health after vitamins and minerals. And randomized, double-blind, crossover study to compare the effects of olive oil versus extra virgin olive oil that's very high in polyphenols. About seven times more polyphenols than regular olive oil. And sometimes it's even higher than that. Now when we're getting into the really high polyphenols oil, it's very difficult to produce. The olives have to be picked very early in the season, very unripe. It takes more cost to produce olive oil, very high in polyphenols. But I guarantee you it would be worth it. One of the most, I would say, olive oil is not a food, it's a medicine. Now, this produces more polyphenols than regular olive oil and was studied in adults ages 40 to 65 with obesity and prediabetes. Everyone in the group used regular olive oil for one month. And then the high polyphenol for one month. And the results of this study, although health benefits were experienced for both types of olive oil, you can never go wrong, but you can always do better, right? Overall effects on health were better when using the high polyphenol olive oil. So you don't want to look just for olive oil. You want to look for extra virgin, of course. But try to find the olive oil that has the highest content of polyphenols. It makes it more expensive, but you can take less. You can even get by with one or two tablespoons a day. And these polyphenols are responsible for the taste of the olive oil. When you consume a high polyphenol olive oil, it's going to leave a little bit of a spicy taste in the back of your throat. Maybe a little peppery taste. And you might even <coughs> cough a little bit because it's so strong you are actually tasting the polyphenols that are in the olive oil. So, the adults that were on this study, when they took the high polyphenol olive oil, they lost more weight. They were able to lower their sugar levels, glucose levels, 
They were able to lower the A1C levels. They were able to lower the inflammatory cytokines. So anti-inflammatory. This is a very excellent substantiation for why we want to consume a highly high polyphenol extra virgin olive oil. Now, as, as well we're on the diet, let's talk about a new study on the connection between diet and memory. And again, in our food, we are consuming large quantities of flavanols, polyphenols, which are the most common types of polyphenols, antioxidants, anti-inflammatory compounds from plants. 3,500 healthy adults received a daily flavanol supplement or placebo for three years. Each subject took standard memory tests each year of the study. And the results, no significant changes were seen in memory scores for people who already had high flavanol intake at the start of the study. But the subject with the worst diet and the lowest flavanol intake at the start of the study saw a 16% improvement in memory versus their baseline score after one year. And the improvement was sustained for two years after the study. The researchers concluded that the low intake of dietary flavanols could be an overlooked contributor to age-related memory loss. These are all food-related, plant-related fruits and vegetables, nuts and seeds, olive oil and wine. And that's part of the Mediterranean diet. So my friends, I'm all out of time. I'm going to have to wrap this up for the hour. So I'm signing off for today. But like always, you can join me every weekend, same time, same station, for more nutrition and health tips as to how you can have a better quality of life. Your health is your choice, so choose well. And pray for this crazy, crazy world. God bless you, my friends, and God bless this great country. Thank you for listening to Terry Talks Nutrition Weekly Show. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple, Google, and iHeartRadio.